I am your host, Raquel Ark, an American podcasting from Germany, and this is Listen In. Join this series of conversations with inspiring scientists, leaders, and authors about listening as a surprising superpower that is not always as easy as it seems. Believe me, I know, and I've been learning and will continue to learn, and I hope that this podcast will help you find practical ways to help others listen better while you become better at leading people, catalyzing collaboration, transforming conflict, building trust and engagement. And I'll tell you, when really good listening happens, then the entire group, including you, can feel energized and inspired. So sit back and enjoy listening beyond what we typically think of. Listening can ignite the best thinking, ideas, and solutions in people and teams. Executive coach and facilitator Jane Edsett Grant shares examples which show how to develop person-centric leadership where everybody matters, and there's an impact on business growth. If you ask Jane her purpose, she says listening, and on this podcast, you will experience how she lives her purpose. She is a master accredited and mentor coach with the International Coaching Federation and an emerging faculty member with Time to Think. Jane has over 30 years experience within people-focused roles in both professional and financial services. Enjoy listening in. Welcome, Jane, to the Listen In podcast. It is great to have you with me today. Oh, delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to have you here because we both love listening. <laughs> and we've had some wonderful conversations over the last few months since we've known each other. And so it's wonderful to have you on here so we have a chance to, to dive in a little bit deeper. And uh, I'm curious about where this conversation will take us today. Wonderful. Me too. I like to start this podcast off by going back to having you think about the time where listening really stood out for you, when you noticed the power of listening. Perhaps you have a little story you could share with us. Mm, thank you. Well, I, I retrained as a coach some 19 years ago, and I guess that was my first uh, awakening to the power of listening in listening to clients share their stories, what they wanted to accomplish, and what perhaps was getting in their way. And back then, it was all around active listening. And I found myself in a natural place, being really interested in clients and where they were going and how the listening, or well, my listening, created a, a space for them to share things that they'd often reveal that they'd never shared before and was helping them free themselves and discover more. But I guess the real shift for me in a different kind of listening was when I discovered the work of Nancy Klein and the thinking environment. And it was through Nancy's work on helping me understand the impact of generative listening that really changed my life. And I mean that it changed my life as a coach, Raquel, in terms of the experience I was having with my clients. It changed my life in my relationships with my husband, as a mum of our children, with my friends, in listening at this deeper level to generate the very best in others. When you look back at the moment where you first discovered, oh, there's something here, 
and I want to do more of that. <laughs> what is that? Do you remember the moment that you thought, oh, wait a second. There's something more that I just, I didn't realize before. Mm. I did. And that moment was when I was receiving that generative listening. And so a friend, a colleague whom I was working with at the time generally said, generously said to me, hey, look, I'd love to give you this opportunity to come and, you know, work on something for yourself, Jane. And in this time, I want to provide a listening to you that perhaps you may not have experienced before. One that where I'm going to listen free of interruption, free of judgment to enable you to you know, really connect with yourself and what it is that you want to accomplish rather than me offering insights, analysis, or advice even. And it was in that experience of what I accomplished for myself in the presence of his listening blew my mind, Raquel. And I thought, wow, I want to learn how to do this and I want to be able to provide it for others because it had such a transformational experience on me. Could you tell me how you understand generative listening? Generative listening is a term I've only heard from two professionals. One is Nancy Klein, as I just shared, and the other is Otto Sharma. And my understanding of generative listening, it's one that when we listen in this way, what we are doing is we are a generative force. And Nancy describes this actually as the story came about when Nancy was walking with a good friend of hers and they were discussing how do we behave? How do we show up in a way that creates other people to think for themselves independently with rigor, with courage, with imagination and with grace? And they discovered it's this way of listening. And this way of listening is a sort of set of behaviors when giving our attention a palpable respect for where others are going with their thinking and what they may go on to think next. And so generative listening is a generative force and it's, it's active. It's not a passive, it's an active creation, if you like. And so for me, I describe generative listening as helping the person to whom you're listening generate more thoughts for themselves, taking them into a future of possibility and more in how they then realize those possibilities. And at the same time, if you think about teams or groups, the same thing can happen beyond one person. You know, sometimes when we're having a conversation with a team or a group or, or more than one person, and there's the conversation or what's generated is beyond the individual but it's also open to possibilities and new ideas and solutions and things that come out of, of that conversation. Very much so. And what I, what I think is, is that our, our, through our listening, our ideas, and as you said, solutions and breakthroughs occur as we build upon what we've listened to from each other because they've generated a new idea, a new thought, a new pathway. And I find also these conversations actually help to simplify the complexity that we feel in the beginning when things seem um, hazy or complex or hard to work through and then something happens in that process that brings clarity that wasn't there before. I think that's a wonderful distinction and a wonderful observation Raquel because 
others have described this way of listening and being with one another um, as its simplicity is at the far end of complexity. That's nice. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's the impact of generative listening. And I think that's probably why it's so amazing because you're like, wait, how is that even possible? (laughs) (laughs) That can't be. It has to be. It has to be more effort than that. (laughs) Well, it's it's fascinating to me. Um, You know, I never cease to be blown away by the resourcefulness, the resilience, the reward of listening in this way to another um, in the way that they reveal for themselves new breakthroughs, new ideas. And it's in this, as a listener, the discipline to create this space for someone else, to hold an appreciation for who they are as a human being through our listening, through this generative act, and which I feel is one of the greatest gifts, incidentally, that we can give a human being. I know that you work with a lot of executives, and I think about the, some of the um, people that I work with, and I often hear, and I'm curious about what you hear too, that at first, it's actually a lot of work. It's pretty exhausting to listen in that way at first. And I, that part of that is just because it's the first time we're building that muscle. It's like exercise. <laughs> and we're also breaking from old patterns, old ways of doing things, which takes more effort. And yet, because you see the muscles growing or it feels good or you have more energy or you recognize the potential in that, then of course they're actually excited to keep you know, practicing that. Um, and so there is a certain um, level of energy, especially in the beginning that it might take in order to stay in that space. Maybe you can share a little bit your experience or how you help people work through that time of muscle building. Mm. I think that's a really good example when we are working in organizations and with teams in how do we help them develop that muscle. And it is my experience too. I think the first thing that I witness is when we give teams or groups, individuals, an exercise around this kind of listening, mm-hmm. um, they're often surprised by its impact um, and also some with some humility and they recognize some of the poor listening habits that they have inadvertently fallen into so it's almost the journey I think the first step is recognizing okay I know that I have some poor listening habits you know I'm interrupting all the time I simply want my voice to be heard I have to fight for the airtime in our organization our meetings and so they begin to recognize their faulty listening habits And so when we give them an opportunity to do a three or a five minute exercise on listening deeply, free from interruption and judgment, they actually find it really liberating, liberating in the sense that actually I'm not listening to solve that person's issue or challenge. Rather, I'm listening to help them reveal more for themselves and generate new ideas of how they might resolve it or together we might resolve it if we're working as a team but I think to your question around how we build the muscle it requires practice and it requires discipline and I think in working with clients on a one-on-one that's easier because we they experience we work together you know over a six or nine month period and they get to experience what it's like being listened to and that gives them a motivation to be that for other people their team members working in groups and 
bringing this way of being, this way of listening into it on a regular basis is harder. Unless the organization, you've got a senior leader, for example, that that recognizes the impact and power and wants to bring this into the organization and then invites several layers within the organization to experience the training because it is it is a training. You know, it's something that we need to to train and have the skills and know what it takes to listen at this level. And that takes time and regular practice. You know, one of the things um, we were talking about before this recording um, was that often in one-on-ones or when um, leads are giving, you know, feedback to their employees, that there is a certain level of fear to really listen in this way because they're afraid that they're not able to do anything about whatever it is the employee talks about. There's this fear. And so sometimes part of the pattern will be just to talk a lot <laughs> and avoid listening just in case. Um, and yet um, the listening that you described is helping people to think um, more through their own process, think through how they're going to get things done, think through how they're going to um, tackle challenges or whatever. And um, this is really important in terms of the development, also in leadership positions, also developing and helping the people that we lead to be more engaged and take more responsibility and to have more confidence in the work that they're doing. How do you work with leaders who might be afraid of listening in this way? I think it's a great point to help leaders think about overcoming some of the obstacles or barriers to listening in this way. And I think what can make it more easeful is, is first of all, the mindset. Uh, to your point you just shared there, Raquel, is the mindset that I'm not here to fix this person. I may be giving them some feedback, observable feedback, and I'm putting it on the table as a, as a gift for the individual to think about what they may do with that feedback in order to grow and uh, become who they're meant to be. And I think as the, the, the leader in this way is that, their role is to help that individual think more for themselves creatively, resourcefully, independently, um, which will become a lot more empowering rather than the leader telling them what they need to be doing differently. So the first thing is the mindset, freeing your mind as a leader that you have to solve the challenge or the development need for that individual. What you as the leader can do, your gift is to create the environment and to listen deeply. And of course, with that listening comes the ability to ask questions. And so as a leader to become more easeful as a listener is to think about the questions that you want to ask, questions that help the individual to keep thinking well for themselves. And quite simply, a question might be, and what more do you think? Or what more do you want to say? And so in this pattern, we're enabling the, the employee to continue their thoughts and ideas and reveal more and more. And as we do so, it's the way we show up. It's our behavior. It's having that soft eye gaze in terms of our eye contact. It's having that open body posture and that one that's encouraging to say non-verbally, I'm listening. And furthermore, I'm interested. I'm interested in what you're saying and where you might go next with your ideas and your thoughts. 
So these are a couple of ways that I think would make it more easeful for leaders to have that mindset of I'm not here to fix, I'm here to generate the best thinking in others. And then to be mindful of the questions you could ask, those that help a, um, an employee to keep thinking well and to questions that help them connect with their self-esteem that you mentioned and to become more confident. Do you have any stories you can share with me um, of experiences working with people in organizations that have surprised you or where you have maybe learned something from them about this work that you're doing? I never cease to be surprised, actually. <laughs> I guess one of them was, um, so I was coaching um, a head of lead counsel in an investment bank, and we were working together on a number of things. And he really connected with this way of being and had observed the way I was and began to take that into his own team members and meetings. And and one of the things that he picked up on um, as part of being a great listener is to help people feel and know that they matter. And another way of doing that is the way we appreciate one another. And so when we are listening at the depth that we do, Raquel, is that we'll notice, we'll pick up on some of the key gifts and talents the individual has and qualities they have. And so part of that listening is whenever I finish a coaching or a team or I'm ever involved in when I'm running any of my trainings, I'll always complete with an appreciation round. And it's an appreciation for the meeting or where we've just been, i.e. what has been most valuable to you. And also then an appreciate a quality that you recognize. If it's a one-on-one, -on -one, it'll be the individual. Or if it's in a team, I'll perhaps invite them to appreciate the quality of the person sitting on their left. And one of my clients said, you know what, this has really impacted me through this appreciation you give me each time we meet. And it's interesting, you give me something different, Jane. And sometimes it's stuff I don't recognize in myself. How can you help me? How do I do this with, I would love to help the um, investment bankers appreciate my team, internal legal, more. And this surprised me in that I was reflecting on the fact he'd noticed and it had the impact it had on him and furthermore, how he wanted to bring it into to his work. And so this required his team members listening to the investment bankers and their interactions and then developing the skill of appreciating them, a quality that they appreciate in that in the investment banker. And then they may not always they didn't always have that readily at hand because uh, the relationships were not always that easy. <laughs> but that's something that 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 I was surprised by and how that helped deepen the relationships between the legal department and the frontline investment bankers. What I really love about it is it helped me begin to notice that it's through our listening and when we appreciate when we ask good questions, it's all part of our listening, how that in fact becomes the currency of relationship, deep relationship. Which way was the appreciation going? Was it from the legal team asking for appreciation from the investment bankers or the other way around? Or was it going both ways? Well, the request was that my client in legal wanted investment bankers to be more appreciative. And the way that through our coaching what revealed is, well, the best way to do that is to role model it. So to role model it by, so the legal team discovered the way of doing it by listening and asking great questions of the investment bankers as they continue to serve them in what they required. And then at the end of their interaction would offer an appreciation. And over time, what happened is that the, the investment bankers began to sort of like, well, this is a new experience for us. And so they shared with them why they were doing it. 
and I understood from my client that the investment bankers became way more appreciative within their interactions and called out. Yeah, and it could be that there was some appreciation, maybe it wasn't so conscious, or if it was, you know, we're so busy, we don't think about saying anything, you know, because we're on to the next project. But that's a beautiful story to show that if this is what you would like for your team, start by doing that with the other teams and role modeling it and see and then see what happens. Absolutely. When we spoke, you had shared a couple of examples through listening and how this had impacted some of your clients' work. I would say they could be even considered measurements because it's hard to measure the impact of listening on an organization or on a person's work. I would love to hear some of these stories again for our listeners. When others embrace this skill and recognize the impact of listening and take it wholeheartedly into their way of leading, it's just wonderful. And so, yeah, two clients um, share with me, different clients, different organizations. We had a coaching conversation and again, through, because they experienced it. And this is something that I'm really, as I'm sharing this with you, I'm beginning to realize, Raquel, it's that people observe us, whether we're teaching, whether we're coaching, people learn us. They learn how we are, what we're doing. You know, as much as the content, more and more often I'm realizing that people are noticing how I am being, what I am doing, what I'm creating in the moment. Huh, it's just a revelation. I've just begun to realize afresh as I've shared that. And so this is what happened. So this client was saying, it's incredible what you've just helped me realize, Jane. And so what he realized in our coaching through my listening and asking questions to help him think this through was that his approach to pitch was um, having everything ready and, you know, having all the preparation which of course is very important and then going to the client and this it was a huge million pound um, client and that he would be there to tell them everything and the thing that was interesting with this client my client was is that they were already in play with this um, pitch so they were an existing client of theirs however they the, the client who wanted the work had said I need you to repitch and I'm going to ask you to repitch. And I'm also going to ask one of your competitors to pitch the first time. So he he was going in with the knowledge that he has had to repitch and that he was against you know, competing with somebody else. That was an interesting dynamic, of course, because he didn't want to take the assumption that he was naturally going to get this work or re-win it because they'd been working for years before. So the subtle difference this time, however, is that he went into this pitch with the idea of listening to the client more than what he was going to tell the client. And he shared with me, he said, Jane, it was those questions that I was able to ask and then zip my lip and help the client reveal for themselves what they wanted, what what was the relationship they wanted, not just the quality of the service and the output and the tangibles. It was actually how did they want to feel? What did they want to experience? And what more? He kept asking. He said, that was the magic. And what more? What more would make this a success for you? What more would make this work and be, you know, a real win for you? And the client felt heard. The client felt that they mattered. And so he ditched half the stuff he was going to present. And the meeting turned into him asking questions of the client for themselves. And he won the pitch. And it was a million pound pitch, a million pound um, contract. So it was huge. 
And he was ecstatic because there was so much pressure on this because he was a partner in a big consultancy firm and, you know, he was feeding other directors and, and work. So it was a it was a big thing. So then he must have been really doing a good job of listening afterwards because there's some research that shows that asking questions alone, just to ask a good question, isn't enough unless you really listen afterwards. Then it has the power. It's only with the listening that the powerful questions have power. Another client um, throughout our coaching had, we were looking at her leadership and her style and how did she engage her team members. And she was working on a global platform, so had uh, team members all around the world. And one of the things that she discerned was that she needed to flex her style depending on the individual or teams that she was uh, supporting and serving through her leadership. And one of her breakthroughs was that she she wasn't listening. You know, she didn't listen sufficiently. I think in, in having grown up and progressed through the organization, she'd gotten to the level of, and her being was, you know, I'm here to solve their problems. That's my role. You know, I'm global head of operations and this is the function that I now have. And it was a revelation to her to consider that her team members, especially those even further afield, um, could resolve their situation and issues Yes, with some of her input because of her experience and her expertise, but more it was around rather than jumping to a conclusion that she needed to solve those problems was stepping back and asking them first. So, again, it started with a powerful question, a question that would help connect the individual to their situation. For example, you know, they would come to her with a problem and she'd say, she'd learn to discover more about that person and their relationship to the problem. So she might simply ask a question, and what's most challenging for you about this? And then they'd reveal some more. And so once this is resolved for you, what would that change? What would change for you? So they reveal some more. And she continued to listen and listen in a way that helped them connect with their own resourcefulness. And it was with the pace at which she listened. She didn't feel rushed. She quietened the, uh, her own reaction in her mind to listen afresh and create that space for the individual to come up with their thoughts and ideas, for which, of course, they felt really more empowered. And what was happening over a six-month period, they had to do one of these employment uh, employee engagement surveys. And her was, hers came back with a 100% score on um, engagement of team members. Employee engagement was the, uh, for that for those team members, which was phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. You don't hear that happening don't. too often. <laughs> but she put it down to the fact that she, and they had said she'd really shifted in her leadership approach hmm. and they felt listened to. Yeah. So they, could, they really felt the difference. Totally. Nice. So, so when you think about these stories and, and when your clients come back to you, you know, that you work with in organizations and you see the change in them, you see how this is changing their environment, the context around them, and you see how your work has also evolved since you first started getting into this and understood and experienced this type of work or the generative listening. What do you know now that you uh, may have not have realized before? I think... My journey on listening has revealed to me there are many different types of listening. What I know now that I hadn't known before, I think, is we make the choice to listen. And when we make the choice to listen, 
and when we employ discipline to listen at this level. Lives change. Lives change because this listening creates in another personal transformation. And that might sound quite big, but I truly see that. I I have seen personal transformation in individuals transform their lives through a time when they felt wholly listened to and for the first time revealed what was holding them back from living the life that they chose to live. And they also felt encouraged to make some powerful and difficult decisions that led to some life changes. And so as I wind that back, when I started my journey on listening, I didn't know the power and the transformation that listening can generate. What about you, Raquel? You've done some amazing work in this space. I'd love to ask that question of you too. Lots of things. But one of, I, I didn't realize how how big it was <laughs> and how multifaceted it is and how many layers and, you know, up and down and <laughs> all different types of listening and different layers of listening. Um, and that there there's not one right way or wrong way necessarily. I think there's, there's characteristics or there's some really important aspects or characteristics that are needed to create the space for powerful listening to happen. And yet the type of listening or how you listen, it can differ. <laughs> you know, it can be very simple listening, just enjoying listening to someone's story it can be listening for information to do someone's job better. It can be this transformative, this generative listening that you're talking about. It can be empathetic listening. Um, it's all good. I think there's different needs that are needed at different times. Um, but it's so important to have this this openness, this non-judgment, and to listen in a way. For me, my, my vision is it's as if I'm at the beach watching the sunset go down and I can't look directly at the sun. I kind of have to look to the side, you know, but I see the colors are changing second by second. And even though I don't want to look at it or I can't look at it directly because it's too too bright if I look directly, but I have to take in the full picture. And yet I'm still paying attention to every second because there's a green flash that happens at the very last second that if I don't pay attention, it might it'll just disappear under the horizon. And that's there's this this full presence, there's this perspective and yet this moment of spark, <laughs> this this flash that's so important that shifts everything. And just being there and being present allows that to happen. One more piece that I'm still learning how powerful silence is and giving time and space for, for people to think or just to be and how important that is. That's um, something I'm practicing and I recognize the importance also when working with um, my clients and in groups and how much that, that pause, that those moments, those seconds of silence or giving ourselves time to think through before answering are really important to listen to ourselves and to stay present during that, that time, even if there's silence. 
And, you know, one of the things I've realized in, in how you described what you're, what you've noticed and, and even what I've described, what I noticed, at least at this very moment speaking with you, um, is that we still, we've learned a lot. It's been a long journey and we still have questions that are open. I'd love to know the type of questions you're discovering or the type of questions you're paying attention to right now in your work with listening. I'm always interested in what perhaps gets in the way of listening deeply to another. I think one of the things I notice is that, you know, I, I really notice when it's not present, when when people don't listen. And I think, and I sometimes get this kind of visceral reaction within. And of course, I have to keep it it's quiet. It's like in a social situation or with a family member or whatever. Um, and so I'm noticing all the time, I'm observing, you know, kind of the behaviors and what it is that holds people back from listening. And that's just observation and, and perhaps even an assumption. And so I don't want to, to be led by that. So an, a, a question that I'm interested in is what perhaps gets in the way of, of people listening deeply? What assumptions might one be holding about oneself or another or the situation that prevents them listening. And of course, we've seen on the political um, stage uh, very powerful examples of different leaders, those that listen and are willing to have their minds changed, not that they necessarily need to agree with the other, um, but they they dignify um, the other through their listening. And And this, quite frankly, is my hope for the world as we you know, we see a world across the pond that has been divided and we hope that, you know, it becomes united once more. And I think listening is is a key to building that unity. And so I think questions I'm interested in is, you know, those that listen well, how do you do it? You know, tell me more, what goes on for you? Um, and I also like to ask people, what does it feel like to be listened to? Because I think in order to be a great listener, it's a very much an experiential experience. And so we need to practice both. We need to practice listening. And at the same time, we need to experience what it feels like to be really listened to well. When you right now think of someone in your life that has listened to you in this powerful way, if you had one word to describe the characteristic that made that listening help you? <laughs> there might have been multiple things, but if you had one one word that's that sticks out for you that would describe the listening that helped you, what would it be? Um, the experience was insightful. And why it helped me, it revealed to me that I had within me what it took to get through what I was struggling with at the time. So it's very empowering in a way. I think that was it. It was, it was insight. The experience was insightful for me because the listening was free from interruption. And I felt completely held in that space that she provided. And most of all, she didn't reply with what I should or shouldn't do or her own thoughts or views around it. It was, she kept holding that's brilliant with the silence as well but yeah insightful experience and I think for me I would describe it as empowering I got out of it an insight that I hadn't had before 
and the and the, the fact that there was no judgments no um it was non-judgmental it was it was it was presence it deep. was full presence deep yeah. presence mm. yeah totally yeah, you know, and I've probably asked hundreds of people <laughs> something like this. And you would, I w what surprised me when you asked me what I've learned is how many different words people use. Mm -hmm. And, and even within those words, it was great that you described what you meant by your words, you know, because we might have the same word if some, if two people say empathy, you know, but when they describe their experience of what that empathy means, it will be different. You know, everybody has their un unique experience on, on what they experience in that moment. And what I found beautiful about listening is that there's so, when people often think listening is just one thing, but it's not, it's so many different things and different experiences that are involved in that. And, um, and it makes us feel a certain way or it does something for us, but very rarely have I, I've never had someone say, well, it was the eye contact or it was that they paraphrased back to me, you know, active listening. Never had anybody say that that was the most helpful listening that they ever had. <laughs> it's always about openness, you know, presence, love, unconditional love, you know, or presence, you know, um, no judgment, you know, these types of things, space. These are the words that, that really help us. <laughs> Yeah. that's true and and you know as you say that something comes up because love was the word that came to my mind um initially in terms of what was there I felt loved in that moment without a shadow of a doubt the, the thing that as you share those words with me which are you know I'm resonating with deeply and I and I wonder the challenge perhaps is what if you know or how do you listen to somebody who perhaps characterizes something other than that and so so you know you know i when is it difficult to listen to someone if they have a very different view from your own and we talk about polarization as a, a big topic and theme right now but i wonder what your experiences is in this piece raquel in terms of you know when might it be you know when do you not listen to somebody <laughs> oh, of course <laughs> I've also learned that I don't have to listen all the time and the difference is that at least I try to be aware of when I choose to listen or I don't because there's consequences either way mm. and just to be aware of that yeah mm. nice. um, <laughs> you know sometimes when people ramble on which I, I'm guilty of myself of rambling <laughs> Um, and, or, or a question, or they start asking questions and they keep asking questions upon questions and then explaining their questions. They just ask, but never give a chance to let the person answer the questions. <laughs> I get a little, I feel myself get impatient in these mm -hmm. circumstances. I notice that when, you know, I've experienced what I perceive as very close minded and no, no, uh, no movement for, for a dialogue, you know, I, I find myself get frustrated. And yet, um, what I've learned and what I'm learning is how important that when there is someone with a very extreme perspective to not to take the time to ask questions and get curious about it. And that actually neutralizes my body. It makes me neutral. You know, <laughs> I feel differently. I feel better. And um, that if I do that, then the chances of them sh shifting or becoming less extreme is higher and um 
and you know some of the research is showing this and and now i understand why that's the case when i choose to to do that or to be in that way you know that's my experience too in the sense that i choose to get really interested so what I'll, when i'm listening i'm also noticing my own response i mean internally so i'm noticing how i might be feeling in my body when my throat gets restricted, my stomach begins to turn in terms of what I'm just listening to. And so in that moment, my attention has moved away from the speaker to me. And I notice that like, whoa, okay. So then I honor that feeling. And then I give my attention back more, give the attention more. And I'm then thinking, gosh, this is really interesting now what's just happened. It requires more energy and it requires more effort from me and so I give my attention back to the speaker to get interested really interested now in what they're saying where they're going next you know with a with a wonderment because of the impact it's had on me and so interestingly enough I've noticed a shift in me over the years of you know getting older maturing and everything um to to get even more interested when I'm almost hearing a dissonance, if you like, um, from what I what I might have expected, and that has really, really helped. Of course, it only it only works if somebody's willing to speak. You know, if somebody doesn't want to have that dialogue, as you said, if they're not interested, um, and they just only simply want to be right, and and that's it, and then they're off. Then, you know, we can't listen if they don't if they're not prepared to share their thoughts. You know, my biggest teacher right now is my teenage son. <laughs> I bring this up often, but it's so true. I notice my need to want to make sure that he does well and is healthy and is, you know, you know during Corona, I'm like, you know, with the exercise and getting to take vitamin D in this gray weather, you know, I have this, but sometimes I realize that, that um, when he's speaking, he'll be like, mom, you're not listening to me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that my my um part of where my listening tends to just take a deep dive for the worse is when I want to really help someone to when I think I'm helping someone to make good choices for their future <laughs> and then <laughs> but luckily um he's a great teacher and he tells me when I'm not so I have to take deep breaths <laughs> pull back <laughs> um because it doesn't help actually it doesn't help and when I give space then then that you know that shifts the whole dynamic right yeah he sounds wonderful <laughs> okay um so I just want to I'm going to have a little shift here um mm. so as in terms of asking questions about listening um you're also have just started to do a research project with a researcher um in Israel, would you like to share with the listeners um, about this research project and what they are looking at when it comes to listening? Mm, well, thank you. Yes, delighted to work with Guy Ifchikov from the University of Haifa. And our research is a longitudinal study, so it'll be over the next 12 to 18 months. And we're looking at the impact of listening training on um, the delegates' ability to listen. So after our training, how has it shifted their ability to listen in the ways that we've been talking about today, Raquel? Together with their um, attitudes and perception. So attitudes around um, you know, self-awareness and how they relate to others through their capacity to listen. 
and you know, perspectives on life, how they feel you know, about themselves and, and others. And so this, this uh, research is, I'm really excited. So it is people that have gone through the, the thinking environment. So this is where we teach generative listening. And it was, it's to, yeah, so, so essentially that's, that's the project and we're looking to see what happens and we're doing it over a phase period of time. So the research will collect people's or delegates thoughts and ideas before the training, just after the training. And then a month after that, because one of the key things we talked about earlier at the beginning of this conversation, I think is, you know, how do we help people continue I really developing the muscle of this kind of listening so they embed it into their way of being so we're yeah, we're spreading it out to see the sustainability of, of the training well I'm really excited about this and also Guy's research you know I'm doing some work with him as well um, because this longitudinal uh, research is really important to find out what the business impact is and there's so much going on also right now with people even working remote from home um, you know, a lot of social distancing happening and, you know, how do you, it'll be interesting also with your research is probably happening during this time period to see how that is also a part of, of the process. I don't know if that's in, included, but it's interesting to see how if listening can support some of the things that you're talking about also in terms of belonging or people feeling, you know, lonely. And if that supports that kind of, of, of if that helps, you know, some of these, these um, critical factors that organizations are having to work with right now. Absolutely. If you were to share one listening tool that our listeners, you think, that you think might be helpful for our listeners, um, what would that be? I would love to offer an activity. Um, the activity was, it would be in two parts, Raquel. The first thing is in this activity to deepen your listening experience for those listening today. Number one is, first of all, notice how often you may interrupt another. Simply that. Something that we all do, and sometimes we are unaware of it. So my invitation is to, to reflect and notice. Second thing is then to partner with somebody so find somebody that you make an agreement with so this could be you know your partner it could be a colleague at work um it could be your son or daughter anybody but but connect with somebody and make an agreement that for um a period of time for say five minutes you are going to listen free from interruption and judgment and when you the listener do this, you'll be giving your undivided attention. So you'll, you know, have the laptop closed, turn the iPhone off and, and minimize any distractions. Give your undivided attention, keeping your eyes on the eyes of the speaker and, you know, get interested. And I'm deliberately using the word interested rather than curious because I think interested is around the, the other. So getting interested in them and where they're going and what they're saying. And notice what happens. In, in simply five minutes to start off you might you're going to have to start the individual saying something so you could you need a question to get them going um and so simply you know what would you like to you know what would you like to say you know what would you like to think about you know I'd love to give you five minutes to think about anything anything at all I'd love to listen so you know what's on your mind right now or what would you like to think about something as open as that and and then swap roles and the key thing about this is, is that you do give each other equal turns to be listened to. 
because to develop our listening is also, I also believe that when we're listened to in this way, we give people the opportunity to become better speakers, better thinkers, better presenters. We articulate our message better because we know we're not going to be interrupted. And in exchange for that listening, we then stop speaking and give the opportunity for the other to speak. So it is a swapping roles activity. And that would be my invitation to go give it a go and see what you notice. And, you know, this this is a great exercise. It's so simple, but I'm, I'm curious um, if listeners try this out. What Here, I'm curious or interested <laughs> um, to to know what what, uh, what your experience is. Um, even at work, if you do this with one of your coworkers, let them frame it ahead of time. Say, hey, um, I want to try this out. Um, you, t- you talk about your, your perspective for five minutes, then, you know, I'll talk about mine for five minutes, and then we'll get into our discussion, right? Um, and just having that, that time to listen to each other, I guarantee that your, what happens after will be much more pro- productive and effective and more fun than it would have otherwise. Before we um, get towards the end of the podcast, are there any uh, ideas or thoughts that you might like to share that might help organizations to consider about listening beyond what they've considered so far? I would love anyone within an organization or organizations to think about the inclusivity within their organization and how listening can really create an environment for inclusion. And so a simple idea for an organization is meetings. So meetings is one of the most common Uh, ways of exchanging ideas and being together in in the ways of working and of course today we have our meetings virtually so we're all online and this this approach can apply equally online as it does in person and it would simply be to and I'm sure you've done this in fact I know you have Raquel is to introduce rounds and what I mean by round is giving people the equal turn to share their thought and idea on a question that you the chair have asked and I'm always, I always love to start meetings with an appreciation round. Um, so people feel that they've joined the meeting because in my experience, people don't feel they've joined or contributed to a meeting until they've actually spoken. So I invite people to speak early on once we've, you know, just said welcome everybody and let's have an opening round with a, you know, what's been working well for you this week or what is one word um, or something you feel grateful to about today, something that's appreciative, something that's positive, that gets people in there the right mood and mindset for dealing with a meeting and then anywhere in that meeting there'll be some discussion of course but at any time um, we usually notice that after 15 minutes the quality of any discussion dissipates and it falls apart because people start to grab the airtime the same people grab the airtime so you lose hearing from everyone so moments in time is to stop the discussion at appropriate time and say hey I'd love this now to have a round I'd love each of you to share what your freshest thoughts are on this question and then you simply go around the room Um, if it's virtual I tend to invite people to draw a virtual table so they know where they're sitting and they know where their turn is and uh, this way we listen to everybody in turn, and that becomes a very inclusive way of being with one another. Yeah, yeah. those are very simple but very powerful um, techniques that support uh, listening and listening to everyone's voice. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Mm-hmm. So, so how do you keep abreast in your listening? 
saying setting myself up as a practitioner rather than an expert um my how I keep myself abreast is regularly practicing what I speak to you about what I've spoken about today constantly observing what works what gets in the way of people listening and making connections with people like you Raquel I learn so much from from you from others in the field and reading you know I love reading more and more about uh, this work and I think also for me I keep abreast because of um, reading outside of the field as well in terms of you know how do I ask great questions? How do I ask questions that ignite the best in others? And to your point, it's it comes with the listening. So it's not simply about asking a question, it's listening to to how the person is responding. So I think it's it's a combination of all of those things. Yeah. And what else do you think is important to pay attention to? I think noticing the impact of listening and appreciating people when they do it well. Well, I want to appreciate you <laughs> for also um, listening to me in this podcast and asking me some really good questions. That doesn't always happen. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> you did that very well. <laughs> thank you, Raquel. And I would love to appreciate you in the breadth and depth of your interest in this work and how you um, rigorously share your findings and experiences within organizations in order to deepen their experience of listening. And so it's this breadth and depth that you bring to this topic of listening that I would love to appreciate in you today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love this conversation. And to be honest, I was thinking, oh, we'll probably have more sometime soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not finished yet. Um, and, you know, you're doing wonderful work um, with a lot of organizations and with executives and with teams. So if um, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, how would they contact you? Thank you. So I have a website, janeadsaidgrant.com, that shares everything and all the, the programs and, and blog posts and resources on there. And also LinkedIn. I'm fairly active on LinkedIn, so I'd love for anyone to connect with me there. And, and please do mention Raquel as the connection, and I would be delighted to hear from you. Great. Thank you so much for this beautiful interview, for all the insight and um, and for just being here with me today. Oh, my pleasure, Raquel. Thank you for inviting me. I am your host, Raquel Ark from Listening Alchemy, and I hope you are inspired by this episode of Listen In and find one person today to practice your listening superpower. Please subscribe and like this podcast and share it with others so we can catalyze a listening movement together. A big thank you to Evo Tiemann for producing the music and Cecilia Mercado for getting this podcast set up. Find more information at www.listeningalchemy.com. Enjoy listening in.